Hello everyone, this is Isaac Petrie. Welcome to the podcast. Be ready to be encouraged and enlightened as we discuss spiritual solutions for everyday life. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to Kingdom Conversation. Sure. Isaac Petrie and Irene Petrie. How you doing, man? Man, my broadcast is doing the same thing that it did last time with your phone. I do not understand what is going on between me and you <laughs> when it comes to all this clicking. I've been doing broadcast after broadcast that I don't have this problem until it comes to you and and your, I'm going to blame your device. It ain't mine. I've been talking all this time. You need to update your phone. <laughs> no. You need to update something. Your Wi-Fi signal, your battery, your something. <laughs> but no. anyway, want to greet everybody. Welcome to Kingdom Conversations. We're going to dive right on in. I see that there's at least 20 of y'all that have joined us. And we just want to tell you, we appreciate you. Thank you so much, all of you. We're going to ask that you would share this. Please forgive me once again for the technical difficulties because I don't know what that clicking noise is. We might have to start binding the enemy, bro. It might be, <laughs> you know, you know how the saints get deep, start, start um, binding the enemy. <laughs> but listen, we want to talk about all this chaos that's going on in the earth realm, um, because I feel like that first and foremost, I wanna say something about Kingdom Conversations and, and why we do this. We need to put the disclaimer up there that the views expressed are those <laughs> of Isaac and Iron Petrie. Yeah. <laughs> not, not Christ Nations Church, <laughs> not the world in general. This is me and you talking about what we feel like are kingdom nuggets to deal with all of these things that are happening. And one of the things that has got to happen in this this dialogue, you know, in social media and all of these things is that people have to be allowed to have their own opinions. This this council culture and this bleeding into everybody else's um, conversations and trying to invade everybody else's minds and shut down what another person believes and always rebutting what somebody has to say. And then if you don't watch it, you'll get the spirit of starting to distance and divide and separate yourself from people because they have a difference of opinion. This stuff has got to stop, especially among family members and among the body of Christ because what that is, is literally the spirit of witchcraft to try to control another person, to dominate another person is the spirit of witchcraft. It's demonic. And I want to encourage all of those that are listening to us. If you agree with it, fine. If you don't agree with it, fine. But what you what what is not fine is if you, I, or anybody else tries to invade another person's mind, and I'm not talking about the preaching of the gospel. We're not talking about Bible verses and things like that. 
We're talking about whenever somebody gives a perspective of something, people have the right to do that and you need to let them do it. I don't do that to my members. I don't even do that to my wife. I don't do that to my family, to my children. I don't do that to my brother. I don't do that to anybody. And do you think we all agree on everything? <laughs> we ain't we ain't that good. <laughs> As we say, we ain't Jesus Jr. And so part of the chaos that is in the world is people just won't leave other people alone. And so when we talk about kingdom conversations, this is our conversation. We're going to try to add the kingdom to it, the best of our knowledge about current events that are happening around the globe. And as we as we say, it's our right to do so. And we're going to do it. Everybody else talking. <laughs> we're, we're going to talk. And so, bruh, listen to me. One of the things I want to get into today is I entitled this a world in chaos because I'm 51 years of age. You're what, 43? Did you just turn 43 or 42? Uh, 43. Yeah, you just turned 43. Yeah. So we're not, there's not a huge gap behind us. Mm -hmm. But in our years on earth, we have never seen the type of ideology on a planet and particularly in America like we're seeing now. Now, all of this it's coming from Matthew chapter number 24. Jesus said all these things would happen in the last days. But this is the one verse that gets me. He says, because in Matthew chapter number 24, verse number 12, he says, because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold. That word iniquity is lawlessness. Now, Daniel prophesied in Daniel chapter number nine that the desolation of abomination would come or the abomination of desolation. I'm, I'm sorry. And that he would be a man, the Antichrist of lawlessness. Then Jesus comes on the scene and says lawlessness is going to abound. And then he drops down and talks about when you see what Daniel prophesied taking place, you'll know that these things have come to pass. And so iniquity, the spirit of iniquity is the spirit of lawlessness. Daniel said it's coming. Jesus said it's coming. And then in Second Thessalonians, Paul actually calls the Antichrist, the man of lawlessness, the man of sin. And so we know that the trait of the Antichrist is going to be a lawless man or a man that tries to remove all laws, particularly of God oh. and any laws that line up to do with anything that is God because he's anti-God. And then he's going to institute a whole culture of lawlessness. So now. With that backdrop, let's dive into what we see today, because what we're seeing today is something that 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 is different than anything else we've ever seen, because it's starting to bring into it a lawlessness feature where this is not just about right and wrong anymore. This is about removing things yeah. out of the way. 
And this is about changing things. This is about allowing people to do things. So talk to me because you said you felt like in the middle of all this, there is this systematic plan to destroy some things in this nation. And I want you to pick up there and go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, um, first of all, as children of God and as citizens of the kingdom, our foremost priority is, of course, with what God says. It's with what his word says to us, because we as citizens of the kingdom, even though I'm a citizen of the United States of America, I love my country. Uh, my citizenship is in heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so my first constitution, my, my first uh, thing that I am going to adhere to as a child of God beyond anything, even in my country, is the law of God, God's word. Now, with that being said, we have the privilege of living in a nation that made an attempt to found itself upon Judeo-Christian ethic. That is to say, we're going to constitute a nation. We're going to form a republic that is as close to biblical truth as we can, and certainly closer than any other nation on the face of the earth ever has uh, heretofore. And so with that, in Western civilization, in the United States of America, you have principles, laws, values that mirror or, or, or that are parallel to kingdom principles and values. Uh, you take, for example, uh, the family. That's, that's, that's a real big thing. Right. Mm -hmm. That we we believe in in the family. We believe in the value of private ownership. We believe in hard work. We believe in working for what is ours. We don't believe in uh, we believe in charity, but we don't believe in charity as a lifestyle or as a as a perpetual dependency. Uh, and so these things are biblical in their origin. People people try to make these things out to be ideas of Western civilization, but they're not. Uh, for example, I was reading, I was reading, and uh, I'm not trying to make anybody mad, but it's just the truth is the truth. I was reading the about page for Black Lives Matter, the organization itself. Now, to say Black Lives Matter is a is a beautiful thing. I mean, I'm black, you're black. Of course, we believe our lives matter. My children, my wife, my family. I've been immersed in black culture my entire life. It's who I am. It's what I am. So, of course, that means something to me. But when I look at the organization. I have to I have to measure the organization by their own personal pronouncement. I can't I can't measure it by what other people say about it or what somebody else says. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm reading it, I'm reading down through um, most of what they're talking about being pro-black and so forth and so on. But as I continue to read, the about page begins to morph into this uh, polemic, if you would, this this critique of Western civilization. And so they they come out and they say that they're against the Western, uh, what is it, the, the, the well, I, I want to read it exactly. They call it the Western prescribed nuclear family structure. Well, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. That is not Western. <laughs> right. That is not American. Right. That is not the USA. That is Bible. And if we wanted to be very particular, we wanted to become geographically petty about it, we could say that it's actually Eastern <laughs> because the Bible is an Eastern book. Right. Uh, and so these things are biblical. These are biblical laws. And so this, this real pushback against this nuclear family structure where we're seeing the dismantling of the family 
is an anti-biblical movement uh, to, this is one of the reasons why I say to people when it comes to the whole LGBTQ movement, uh, it's not about sexual preference or it's not about sexuality. It's not about who you're laying with or sleeping with because you can be heterosexual and in sin right. because the Bible gives us that. So it's not about that. It's about this, this fact that if God and nature's God and gender as he prescribed it. If male and female is not furniture that is nailed down in the house of truth, then every other piece of furniture in that house is movable. Wow. You see what I mean? And so it's more or less looking at it, not from a perspective, perspective of people's preference to live their life and do what they want to do, but looking at it from the perspective that if we're questioning something that is pervasively expressed, not only amongst humans, but the entire world, the animal kingdom even. If you, if you go to a store, Brian, you buy a table or, or, or a chair or you buy a bookshelf and you have to put it together. Somewhere along the way in those instructions, they're going to say something to you about taking female A and joining it with male B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're going to tell. And what that speaks to is the fact that even in the construction of very inanimate things, male and female is what keeps it together. Male and female is the very essence of what keeps civilization together. It is what God said in Genesis. We can go back and read it, but I'm sure, pretty sure everybody knows it. So if that's not nailed down, then what else is? And so we're looking at something that more or less works as a Trojan horse to say, if this nature or this God law this God principle, this God truth, this absolute truth. If this isn't absolute, then everything else is in question now and up for re reshaping, remolding, redefining, looking at again. We can look at gender. We can look at family. We can look at even private ownership. This, this great push towards socialism. And we're seeing socialist uh, uh, rhetoric used more and more in our day and time where people are saying we need equality of this and equality of outcomes and, and everybody's woke and we have this culture that is moving toward making sure that we can level the playing field. And really what they're saying is leveling all the outcomes in society. Well, if you're going to be a socialist, then you're not going to be for private ownership. Well, if you're not for, for private ownership, you're going crossways of the Bible. Because in the Ten Commandments, God tells us two things. He tells us, number one, do not steal. Now, if I tell you don't steal, what does that imply? That implies that my fellow man owns something. That implies that my fellow man wow. has private property. If, wow. if he doesn't, then you can't tell him not to steal. Wow. Then he tells him, secondly, don't covet. <laughs> now, what does that tell you? That tell you that implies that the Father God believes in the Father God promotes private ownership. That His creation, He wanted us to have the motivation to go forth and to own, so long as we're not defrauding others of their pursuit wow. to own those same things. And see, and this is why our Constitution, this is why our Declaration of Independence is so unique, because. In America, we said that man's rights were inalienable. They came from God. Among them was life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. 
right? That we were free to pursue it ourselves and have it. And of course, we know the sins of America and all those things which we can get into if you want to. But I'm just trying to lay out the concept of why we have to wake up to what's going on in this nation, that we're seeing these these rights questioned. We're seeing in some places these things being slightly eroded. And it's because there is a sinister plot and a plan of the adversary to move this nation further and further to the left, not to move it further from Western uh, ideas and ideals, but to move it away from biblical truth and reality, the, the foundations of this nation. And so this is where we as children of God have to say, look, we can look at our country, we can love our country, and then we can look at our country and say, because we love it, there's some sins and some imperfections. But as citizens of the kingdom, we have to look at it and say, it's time for us, though, to fight for those things in our nation that mirror biblical truth. And when wow. you look and when you look at what's going on, you see that this is the attack that is going on in the West and in the United States of America. Not to not to mention the fact that, you know, if if something got so bad here in America, where we as citizens of America, you take, for example, other nations of the world that want to come here. Uh, you take, for example, recently the fall of Venezuela, where, you know, Venezuela has one of the richest oil reserves in the world. But yet people are breaking into stores and leaving Venezuela and all kinds of things starving, right, because of socialism <laughs> and because of Hugo Chavez and his legacy of socialism there. Well, these people are leaving Venezuela to go to other places. They're going to Bolivia that is close by. They're wanting to go to the other places where they're more free and where they can kind of pursue their own interests. Well, if America falls, where do we migrate to? Mm, wow. Where do we go? And this is the thing that I, I, I often challenge people on because they, they're so quick to want to demean America. And, and they use a very hypocritical standard to do so because... Once again, they compare everybody else to America, but they compare America to this ideal, this utopia, this what she ought to be in their own heads. And they don't compare America to the alternatives that actually exist in the real world. And my question is always, you know, if we fall, where do we go? What, what do you find a constitution like ours? Where do you find a declaration of independence like ours? Where do you find freedom like ours? Where do you find economic freedom and prosperity like you don't you don't find it anywhere the freedom of speech freedom of religion the freedom to go and do as you please and and determine your destiny to a certain degree where do you find that where, where are we going to get that if this falls here and so it's important for us as christians in our analysis of our country to do it with a, a tremendous amount of reason and thought and prayer and not join in to this diatribe where every narrative is all about guilting and shaming America, guilting and shaming the country, guilting and shaming it until it capitulates. Because see, here's, here's the real subtle thing about all that is because America is too prosperous and powerful to truly be overcome from outside. It, it, is, it is too big, it's too great. So what has to happen is from within, you must create narratives that shame it into submission that make it make it bow down so that we're willing to kind of 
uh, restructure and rethink who we are and really say, well, you know, we really aren't that exceptional. We really aren't that great. We really aren't this and that. And make America kind of genuflect and bow down to everybody else's wishes. And that's the way it has to be done. And that's why over the course of time, you've seen these narratives continue to come forward. And it's, this has been happening for a century. I mean, this, this whole left socialist Marxist idea to unravel this country, they have been beating on the, th this country for a century, trying to get these things to take, to take grip and to take hold in our nation. And heretofore, we've been able to stand our ground. But when you fast forward to today, we're seeing things unravel in ways uh, socially that we've just never seen before. And uh, for me, that is cause for alarm for anybody who is a child of God, because ultimately those of us who have authority in Christ, we're going to be held accountable for what mm. we have chosen to do or not do with who we are in him in the nation God has given us. Wow. Talk to me a little bit about about the biggest issue that people have with America is this original sin. Mm -hmm. You and I were talking about, I believe nations have destinies. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, it's not, I believe, I know, <laughs> I know <laughs> nations have destinies because anything born of God has a purpose and God has a purpose as he says, as he put people on the earth in different geographical locations there's a glory, there's a, there's a, an authority, a dominion that God wants to give to, to the whole earth and how people steward those locations, those, if you would, allotments of lands that are given to nations is, is what determines the wealth of that nation and the greatness of that nation. And with America, with everything that has happened and you see all of this racial tension coming out of the ground, I want you to address that a little bit because you got a lot of people who will take that particular original sin and, and that's their reason for hating this country. And even though we are in 2020, uh, all of that is still down in a lot of people. And now it's all coming up. And and it and ironically, it's not really coming from African American people. It's mm. it's coming from a a, a movement of yeah. Caucasian people mm -hmm. that are saying on the behalf of African American people, no this sure. is what we think about this nation. And so there has been almost a hijacking, if you would of the civil rights movement to usher in other things under its guise. And they're really using the, the pain and the, and, the, and the hurt of African-American people to do it. Now, uh, talk about that whole scheme and plan and how all that's interwoven into trying now to come after this nation. And matter of fact, let me just pause and say, for those that are just joining us, we're having a little technical difficulty, um, but there is something I, I, I do wanna say. So just overlook the technical difficulty before you go into this. One of the things that was striking to me is that, is that when this happened to George Floyd, of course, it brought back a lot of the trust issues that African-Americans have with police, 
with the nation and all of that began to be unraveled. So they took to the streets to protest the police brutality, but then it turned real quick and got away from African-Americans or police brutality. It turned into a movement to get rid of the police. It turned into a movement to get into the streets and not saying that anybody can protest and speak up on the behalf of them. But I read a statistic that said 83% of the people that are protesting are actually Caucasian people. Mm-hmm. They're not even African-Americans. So how did an African-American issue turn into 83% of Caucasian people that have taken it and then the narrative starts changing to all of these other things that have nothing to do with the issue of just the oppression uh, of African-American people from police brutality. And so now that whole movement has turned into breaking up the family, LGBTQ rights, equality when it comes to all these other systemic things, defunding the police, and, it, and it's turned in all this anarchy, setting up zones, pulling down statues, burning stuff. And, and, and so that whole, it's almost like they came in on, on the, the, the pain and then pushed the issue out of the way and formed their own. Not only that, but in the middle of this, a Supreme Court case was just won by the LGBTQ community, and they use the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to get it passed to where now transgender is basically becomes a sex, not just male, female, but now transgender, and they have protections under the civil rights law. Now, I can't speak for Dr. King and all of those that marched back in the day and fought, bled and died for civil rights. But I don't believe it had to do with a people, a person's preference of how they wanted to live their lifestyle. And it's almost like, once again, they came in under that civil rights bill or an African-American movement and brought a whole nother agenda to the scene. Now, if we can't see that not only, and this is not anything to do with LGBTQ people, and we minister to people, we've seen people deliver, we've helped people and all that, so we're not going to try that, don't even even go there. The issue is we're starting to see laws changed that, that, that now begin to further move these agendas to moving the family out of the way, redefining what a man is, what a woman is, re- removing all of these things which are put in the word of God. The Bible talks about how we need officers and we need order and we need all those in, in, in all the chaos. So now what's that whole spirit behind that and how did it get us here? <laughs> I think you've done an awesome job of just outlining it because it's it's really it's really a bait and switch and it's really a you remember i i I was i drew attention one time one of our past conversations where i talked about judas uh with jesus and how you know when when mary 
came through to break the the costly oil and ointment and wash and you know and anoint Jesus's feet and everything and how he at the moment it happened because the oil was so costly he says that you know this could have been spent on the poor you know and Judah says that because of course he was the person controlling the money bag and so what he does is he holds up the poor right in that particular instance as a means to uh to actually kind of guilt or shame the room in how the oil was used. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, look, you know, this could have been used for the poor and we could have given this to them. And of course he wasn't concerned about the poor at all. He was concerned about more money coming into the bag because he was control of it and he was a thief. Right. And what happens is in this country, there has been an ideology, an ideology afoot, right. Of Marxism, from the political left, that they want a socialist country. They want to hijack the wealth and the prosperity of the United States of America. And they want to fundamentally change and reshape this nation into a socialist nation and a socialist construct, which would of course transfer more power to the political elite. Now, in order to do so, you have to ask yourself when it comes to us as black people in America, we hold a very, very strategic position in American history because black people have always been throughout the civil rights movement. We were really the prick in the American conscience to actually turn this nation back toward living out the full meaning of its creed. Yeah. The black people have that as a rich legacy. Also a part of our legacy is that we were brought to this nation as slaves, right? And so we were slaves in this nation. And with the nation's declaration of independence, with this nation's constitution that says all men are created equal. Well, now you've got this original sin of slavery that is completely contradictory to what you say. So now either you're going to live up to that or you're a blatant hypocrite for your entire existence, right? Mm -hmm. And so black people are used by the left and this is what you're seeing to guilt america because they are the easiest people to use we are <laughs> to use to guilt america with because of the history we have in this nation now there are other people groups that have very similar histories the irish were discriminated against there were white slaves here in this nation as well there were white people who died alongside our ancestors in the cotton fields and on plantations. There were that it wasn't as it wasn't as pervasive, of course, as us as black people being slaves. But there are other people groups. But for us as black people, we hold that strategic place because of our history and because of racism and Jim Crow and the way our ancestors were treated. And so it is very easy to say, what people group will we use? What 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 people group whose grievances will we use? to piggy, piggyback our agenda in on. And it becomes very obvious you use us. And it becomes very obvious to use us. And that's why you see this whole unraveling of what started with the senseless killing of a man in police custody. And it turns into this socialist agenda where, like you say, we're pulling down statues and references to the past. We're asking for names to be changed on buildings. We're canceling people that were once uh, figures of our, of our past history. 
We're, 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 we're trying to reshape curriculum in schools. We're trying to do all of these things on the back of using the grievances of black people because black people hold that position in which we were a part, we were the victims of America's original sin. And so it, it was an abomination to God, but for the leftist, it's manna from heaven, right? It's what we can use. It's what they can use to try and, and move their agenda forward. And so it's no, it's not a surprise to me that we see what we're seeing, because honestly, that's what it was about all along. How can we use this? Because when you look at black people in this country, we have come so far. We have accomplished so much. We have done so much. And over the course of time, you have seen the left always befriending black people, whether it was through government policies, government programs, whether it was through rhetoric that, that seemingly was friendly to black people, but really was detrimental. Whether it was all of these different reforms and different things. And many times the left took credit for things that were started by Republicans, that were supported by Republicans, that Republicans actually have a much better history of being on the side of African-American people than the left does. But the left has done a real work when it comes to the narrative. They have, they have moved into the schools and they control the curriculum. That's why on our college campuses, people are indoctrinated in leftist ideology. I mean, it is almost pervasively, you can't find any conservative or, 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 or how can I say, well, yeah, just conservative. You can't find any conservative professors, anybody that's really willing to be courageous enough to speak out about it because of course there's cancel culture and there's the mobocracy where the mob comes out and, and shames them. And so everything is tilted left in the media. Everything is tilted left in academia. Everything is tilted left in arts and entertainment. So all of the mechanisms for controlling and shaping the narrative are to the left. So the left has done a great job of creating this idea of who the enemy really is. And in a nation where a people have been enslaved, have been marginalized, have been discriminated against, it becomes quite easy to use that people as the, as the means, as the Trojan horse, to get your real agenda accomplished in the nation. And this is why you see what you see going on in our country. Wow. And so it would behoove us as black people to ask ourselves some very hard questions. Questions about our loyalty to the left, which is represented politically by the Democrats. Now, being the Democrat did not used to mean you were this far to the left as it is today, <laughs> because the leftists have really hijacked the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is a shell of its former self. It doesn't look anything like it looked historically, but the left has hijacked it. And so black people need to ask themselves, like many of them are, uh, many black people who are leaving the Democratic Party are saying, look, I'm not leaving the Democratic Party. It's just that the Democratic Party is leaving me, that they're mm. drifting so far off to the left that black people who have been historically socially conservative people, we have, it's just the truth of history. Mm -hmm. We can't we can no longer seem to abide by how far to the left the Democratic Party is going. But I think it's wise for us to do so, because now we're seeing the creeping uh, agenda of the left and of the socialists and of Marxism trying to grab and take a hold in our nation and do so in a way that it has not been able to do before.
And uh, it's time for us to really wake up and realize what's going on and stop being used by that agenda. You know, people, that's why they tell you you're a sellout, you're an Uncle Tom, and they demonize you if people vote Republican or vote on the right or they red pill, if you would. Why? You have to be demonized. Why? Because it's like we got to crack the whip and whip you back onto the plantation where we want you. Wow. <laughs> we got we to gotta shepherd you back over here. And mm. the way we do that is we're going to shame you. We're going to dog you. We're going to demonize you. We're going to call you all kinds of names because you got to get back over here now. Get back over here. Why? Be why? Because they're going to use you. And, and George Floyd's incident proved it in open face before the world. We're going to use you to further our agenda. And they took the emotionality of the moment, the grief of the moment, the pain of the moment, and they decided this is our opportunity to make a big step forward in our socialist agenda. And they have attempted to do it. And it's time for us to wake up and see it. Wow. Whoa. Two things real quick, because I don't want you to just assume that people know what these terms socialist Marxists are. Just your Iron Petrie definition real quick. Throw those two things out, then we'll discuss one more thing and then we'll shut it down for the day. So just in your common way of explaining socialism, Marxism. Really. Okay. Well, socialism, Marxism, pretty much somewhat the same thing. Communism mm -hmm. is they're all pretty much in the same family of political ideas. But the simplest way to define it is that government controls the means of production. That is, there is no more free enterprise. There is no more you, your family owned business is no longer you having private property, your own building, your own business, and you doing things to further your own self without the government getting involved in redistributing your profits or your wealth. So you lose control of, of your, your ability to, to prosper in and of yourself and of your own efforts. And so it, it really is a, it's a sinister plan. Of course, there are different tenets to it. There are a lot of things that are involved. There's like 10 planks in the Communist Manifesto that Karl Marx actually wrote, which we won't get into for the sake of time. But basically, it's just government taking over the means of production. That's socialism. And what happens is, is people will say, well, you know, you know, Pastor Aaron, we don't really have that right now. We have, we have different things, government agencies that do different things. We have taxation and property taxes and so forth and so on. But it's, it's that steady drip. It's that creeping, slow, slowly warming up the kettle that causes the frog to die, right? And he doesn't jump out of the dish. And so we don't have full-blown socialism right now, of course, in this country, but we've been creeping that way in many aspects in our society and here in the United States of America. And if people don't think it's possible, they got another thing coming that you can look up one day and, and the equality that is created in this country is an equality of poverty, <laughs> that everybody is, everybody is less than across the board while the political elite have more and we have less. And so okay. that is, in, in essence, that's really pretty much what socialism is. And that's what it does. And that's what it has done historically throughout every nation that has tried it around the world. Okay, awesome, awesome. We just wanted to make sure you got that, that definition um, into the people. Last thing is, is now I believe that there's going to have to be a serious conversation in a kingdom conversation about uh, the whole political arena, 
because yeah. oh yeah because when 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 i started preaching i didn't know anything about the political arena i didn't know anything about what happened in politics you know didn't grow up knowing anything and um, and then when I begin to understand the kingdom of God and understand that the kingdom of God is not a religion, it's really it's really a a governmental realm. That's why the Bible says the government will be on his shoulder and that Jesus had laws and order and things in which to govern a nation and how nations need to then align with that as best as possible um, in the earth realm. And then I begin to understand policies, platforms, all of these things. And then I was told, I was told when I started talking about these things, oh, you need to stay out of that. Don't, don't, don't be, don't be talking about politics. Don't, don't, don't get political. Don't bring preaching into it. Don't, don't start doing all that. Don't, don't. But then now we're in an age where that's all you hear preachers preaching about, and especially African American preachers. You know, where I was told stop preaching about it, <laughs> but they've been preaching about it, you know, um, for the longest. That's how we got the civil rights movement was because of preachers. And, uh, you know, um, the was it the Southern Christian Leadership um, uh, yeah. Council, yeah. Um, Conference or Coalition yeah. and all of that. And, and all of these movements have come because the kingdom has to be engaged because this is where Satan has no, been that, moving. That's how you got Jim Crow. Yes, political. That's, how no, you, no. that's how you got segregation. That's how you got all of those things. And so now we're moving into these other issues that have all been hiding out in this political arena, mm -hmm. telling people don't talk about that, to stay away from that. But then now we're forced to talk about it because now you're starting to see this lawlessness come in mm -hmm. where the laws now are being changed when it comes to identity, when it comes to family, when it comes to, like you said, now property, when it comes to uh, law enforcement, when it comes to uh, money and business and anything, regulation, taxes, you name it, keep going. So yeah. now talk a little bit as we close about how the church and the believer in particularly are going to have to have some kind of consciousness in that realm, not to just vote. I mean, you vote for a president every four years. Mm -hmm. You have basically the statewide elections, some of them every two to every four years, but, but understanding as a kingdom citizen, how to pick certain policies that we can best line up or not line up with the word of God so that we can understand the intelligence of what's going on. And so I talk a little bit about that because I believe you have a peculiar anointing about all of that and, uh, and how to bring the church into all of that. And then as we move further during this election season, we're going to have to talk about all this because I'm seeing comments and I'm seeing some comments. You know, you've got the people who 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 want to to deal with the president himself versus his policies and mm -hmm. some that love him, can't stand him. How to recognize <laughs> all of that, how to look at the policies of it, how to understand what should matter the most without trying to control anybody.
because that's what you'll never say. We ain't the cancel culture. We ain't we ain't witches. <laughs> we ain't in the witchcraft. We ain't in trying to trying to make you do anything. But we will highlight certain things that most people don't talk about. Yeah. Because all of these things need to come out and be discussed so that people who are really searching for truth and clarity and understanding can balance all these things before they make a vote or before they know what they're agreeing with. Well, I mean, for me, it, it's very simple. First of all, a believer has to first and foremost educate themselves in the word of God. What I have come to discover, and this may, this may come across as a stinging critique, <laughs> but, but many believers are incompetent about the Bible. Wow. It's not, it's not, we can put, uh, you know, the United States and, 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 and government aside, uh, we need to learn the Bible. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I mean, you take, for example, wow. when, I, when, I, when I brought up the idea of thou shalt not steal. Now, how many people equate that to private property rights? Nobody does. Very yeah, that was amazing. That was amazing. That's yeah. Because in their minds, they're just thinking about, okay, you shouldn't commit a crime. Well, no crime exists unless somebody privately owns something and unless God endorses the private ownership. You can't, you see what I mean? Yeah. That, that God, the whole time, the Bible has been like an instruction pamphlet put inside of a product called life. And existence here on this planet mm. and he's trying to get us to see how we should live and so we have a kingdom mandate as christian people that the bible says paul told timothy that the church was the pillar and ground of the truth now when he says pillar and ground it's talking about a pillar it's talking about let's say this is a this is a a, a ceiling or a roof a pillar is what holds that that thing up, right? It's load bearing. It holds the ceiling up. Now, when the Bible says, or when God, when Paul says that the church is the pillar and ground of truth, it's saying that it is the it is what props truth up in society. Yeah. So now, if the church doesn't do that, truth falls to the ground. Now, what is truth? It is the basis upon which all of our governance should be founded on. Without which, we don't we don't have a civilization. We don't have civility. We don't have decency amongst human beings and so for us as christian people we have to start learning what our bible is telling us and we have to be willing to go into a voting booth and vote for policies not personalities this is one thing that i i i, I totally push back on people are too invested in personalities this is not voting on most likely to succeed this is not voting on most popular. This is not voting on prom king and queen. This is voting upon what kind of compass is in the person and party that, that is directing them in their policy making. Because what I'm going to live under at my house is the policy. What you're going to live under at your house mm -hmm. is the policy. What you're going to preach under is the policy. What you're going to raise your children under is the policy what wow. you're going to work under is the policy what you're going to spend and save and invest under is the policy the personality we've always had presidents that we could not stand i i have never 
completely agree with a single president a day in my life. And nobody <laughs> has, <laughs> okay, ever in my life. But what I'm looking for is what policies are consistent with the perpetuation of liberty because it is for freedom that Christ made us free. That is a biblical value. And we've better learn to prioritize freedom above all of these other things because what happens in a society when freedom is no longer your pursuit and you're pursuing equality, it has been proven throughout history. If you put equality, which seems to be the big thing today, if you put equality above freedom, you're gonna end up with less of both. Wow. Because in order to create this equality of outcomes, you're going to have to reduce people's freedom to get there. There's no other way to create that equity without tinkering around with other people's lives. And so we have to ask ourselves, what are we, what do we know and not know in terms of the Bible? We got to get back in the word of God and we've got to hold ourselves accountable to biblical truth. Going back as far as basically looking at the Ten Commandments, going back, going back as basically as reading our New Testament and seeing what Paul is writing and equating those things to how we engage civically, because it's all there. Bro, it's right there in front of us. Wow. But we have to be willing to then, once we see the truth, we have to then be willing to support the truth in the ballot box. And I believe if we'll just do that simple thing, Get out of all these personality contests. Get out of all this stuff. I promise you, there ain't a single political uh, uh, figure that's perfect that's gonna dot the I's, cross the T's. They're not gonna. They're not gonna make you feel good all the time. But if that person's policies support the perpetuation of freedom, and my pursuit of freedom, and my freedom of speech, my freedom to to, to worship, my freedom to go and come as I choose, my freedom to somewhat control to a measured degree my own destiny. Well, then that's where my vote is going. I'm not voting for somebody who has this great intellect and wants to go around engineering society and changing it for me. How does anybody else know better than me what's best for me? Nobody. <laughs> so, so, so I want a politician who governs by getting out of my way, that is by supporting freedom. Now, that's point blank and period. Now, once again, I condone that message. You that's Iron Petrie. It here proves that message. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, you, you can do what you want to do. But I, <laughs> I have no faith in, in, in human nature to do that without reducing our freedoms and, and plunging us into a socialist mess hole of a thing. And I, I just I don't have that type of trust in people. And this is the beauty. And this is the beauty of America or should be. It's changing, but we got to make sure we push back on this. You yeah. should be able to have that opinion. Absolutely. And and, and that's that's freedom. That's, that's freedom. It. That it, that's it. You will go vote with those convictions. And then what you, those of you that are watching me, you have to come up with your conviction, whatever they yeah. are. And Absolutely. then you go and you vote your conviction. All of this fighting and bickering, you know, is if you're a Democrat and if you support Trump and if you this and, and I can't stand you, I can't believe. Oh, come man, people need to grow up. We we have raised a nation full of babies. I don't I don't under I don't I don't get these people. I just don't get it how people are so invested in the lives of other people to try to control them and dominate them and cancel them and do you can't come by my house 
you know, and you, we will. If you for that with that, then we can't roll no more. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's just really ignorant. It's, and, and it's, 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 it's religious. It's, it's, it's really religious. It's almost, it's almost like a religious dogma. It's not even opinions and beliefs anymore. People are treating this almost like another religion. I wow. mean, they're making, they're making demands. And they're making people have to follow it. And if you don't, then they cancel you out because they cannot abide the coexistence of a person who has an alternative thought or idea than them. And that really speaks to just how weak your belief really is. Because if it cannot coexist with a, with a, with a, with a contrarian opinion, then you have to question really what it is you believe. Evidently, what you know is, is shot full of holes. Because if you truly... I, you know what? I don't care anything about Islam or Hinduism, New Age mysticism, humanism. I could sit down in a room full of those people and love them without a single problem. You want to know why? Because I'm sold on Jesus. I'm not kind of sort of believing it. I'm sold on him. And when you know something that is true and you know it, it is true, you don't have a problem coexisting with other beliefs. The yeah. only time you want to shut up everybody else is when you're very unsure about what it is you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 we're going to end it right there. And uh, listen, share this conversation. And listen, we, we, are, we are absolutely concerned about where this nation is headed. I think everybody should be. Through the pandemic, the things that were kind of instituted you know that we're coming out against the church and 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 everything and, and the way that whole situation was governed in certain places and then the George Floyd situation and now all of this that's happening and all of these things. Hey, who is in office as a governor, as a mayor, as a yes. president matters? We see that now like <laughs> never before. That yes, you can be an individual, but if you're living in a city, or if you're living in a in a state, or now if you're living in a nation where there are certain rulers in place, it doesn't matter how you feel as an individual. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're finding out now that they can mandate things and demand you follow them, mm -hmm. whether they violate the constitution or not. And and we 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 got to wake up. I mean, there anybody can see there is a storm brewing out here. You know that if we don't write some things right now, we're moving into chaos. We're moving into lawlessness, and that is the truth. No yeah, matter. Bro, let, me, let me say this, and then I'm I'm going to shut up. But the one thing, if there's anything good that has really kind of come out of all of this stuff that has been taking place is that it has actually highlighted to people how governance is stratified, that people are seeing now the function of a mayor. They're seeing county judges. They're yeah. seeing governors. They're seeing that everything doesn't begin and end at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, that there is a whole, there is a whole, a chain of command. There is governance that is, that is very vital and viable. And people like to, to be able to place everything in one place, right? But that's not how it's set up. That's not how this country is set up. That's not how the founders wanted it to be set up. And so you're seeing the importance of local elections. You're seeing the importance of people being engaged 
in in local and regional and state elections and not just waiting to go vote for a president. Because at the right. end of the day, there's a whole lot of hands that are moving a whole lot of things right or left in this nation. Wow. Well, listen, thank you all for joining the conversation. We'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll get this mic situation fixed. I believe <laughs> my brother is the problem for that. He's the only one who messes up my microphone <laughs> when I'm dealing with him. <laughs> you need to get back from off vacation and get back to the city. <laughs> so I'm we can go back into the studio at Christ Nation's church. <laughs> and so listen, love everybody. Be blessed. Once again, walk in unity with people. Don't, don't start arguing and being divisive have intelligent conversations and exchange thought and then to give everybody the liberty to be who they are and let's, let's just bring peace on this earth awesome bro appreciate you y'all be blessed and we'll see you next time on kingdom conversations love y'all i pray you were blessed by today's podcast take a moment and subscribe to it and review it and share it with someone else so that we can stay connected. Be blessed.